0: Welcome back to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and desert off-road racing this week. So my guest uh, this week, Mike Palmer, driver of the 57. Some of you know about my uh, exploits going to Baja with him. Anyway, just, uh, I mean, you know, adventure racing, not much going on right now, so with a couple of other things, Paulette with the Rebel Rally and some interesting people I want to talk to. Uh, it's for the next, uh, I don't know, maybe like up to August 14th. We will uh, you know, feature some of the people from other areas of interest. So I hope you'll uh, find these chats interesting. They're some of the coolest people I know, so... Um, if it's not interesting, it's certainly not their fault.
1: Uh,
0: I, but uh, anyway, that's what we're, uh, we're going to do for the next few weeks. And, um, yeah, I guess, what the hell else is there to say? Pandemic that's not quite over yet. We'll see what goes on. Um, I don't know. So we got the Czech, Wagner check race going on. Uh, as far as I know, NORCHA hasn't been canceled yet. And um, maybe the... Uh, across the Florida Ultra in November. So um, there's a few things. Um, and we'll go from there. I guess anybody wants to come to the Black Hills, can, I can find something for you to do. We'll set up some checkpoints and come and have a good time. So anyway, I... Uh, Hope you like uh, listening to Palmer, and uh, come on back if you do, and come on back if you don't, and we'll, uh, hey, adventure racing, will come back eventually. Anyway, uh, go fast, take chances, try not to roll at 80 miles an hour, and uh, peace out. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, Randy. Hey, Mike. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing today? Oh, let's see. I'm doing good, everything sort of sounds okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, how's following it.
0: I'm um, good. just came home. She's finally like going back to work eventually, yeah, so yeah she was she was hit a little bit. She's going to Chicago to work with her sister with uh setting up a program where her sister works, so oh really, yeah In Chicago. Yeah, it, uh...
2: But just temporarily to get it started?
0: Yeah, her sister's the unit supervisor. That They deal with really, really, like, chronically sick kids. And, okay. Uh, so they're creating a new role. So, yeah, so it'll be, yeah, like a month for Paulette. And then then her stuff around here starts to kick in, and then hopefully she starts traveling again. Yeah. So, but, because uh, she, um... Crazy shit, man. Yeah, so she's entering your world. She's becoming an off-road racer. Well, oh, good. She's uh, she's doing the Rebel Rally with a gal from California. So she's training Oh, yeah. You know, so,
2: so. I know that you were uh, pursuing that a couple of years ago. I'm glad it yeah. came to fruition.
0: Finally, did yeah. So she thinks she can go out there and work and train with her. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: huh? But, How uh, fun? Yeah.
0: We're doing a lot yeah, of NAB so I'm stuff. happy for me. Yeah. So how how's this all been affected your life?
2: Um, you well, know, it's definitely got, uh, commercial business people freaked out.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, we had projects on the books that got yanked and, uh, biddings way down. Some of our subs are way down. Um, I don't know. I was hoping to get things sold and retire here in the next year or two, but yeah. bad timing for that.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, it does. So, Well, you got lots of time to work on the truck.
2: <laughs> yeah, we've been working on everything. Uh, got the pre-runner probably in the best shape it's ever been since I've owned it. Um, trailers, equipment. Race truck. We had some problems with the steel, it so it's. We were just. I was just talking to Michael about it. He stopped by. He's on his way to Charlotte. My painter just struggled with it, and the guys out there in uh, Boston seem to think we got a bad batch, so they're sending us another three gallons. But that doesn't help me right now. I mean, I got my painter spent so long on it. He charged me three thousand dollars, and it's shit. Yeah. So now do I have to strip everything again and sandblast it again and
1: Uh.
2: then pay him again? (laughs) So, I mean, they they owe me more than just another three gallons of product if it was was bad product. So I don't know how that's going to go.
0: Yeah. Well, if it wasn't one thing, it's the other, right?
2: Always the case, (laughs) isn't it?
0: (laughs) Yes. So... Okay, so I know who you are. So, but, like... I'm guessing literally nobody else that hears this does <laughs> so who introduce yourself
2: um my name is Mike Palmer I'm in Denver Colorado Um 57 years old been into motorsports and just kind of outdoors having fun in Jeeps and things like that my whole life about uh 20 years ago I got bit by uh trophy truck bug and decided to build one so spent 10 years of nights and weekends building one and been running it now for seven or eight years yeah. uh, haven't ever done really well I think we've got a couple of top 20s so had, yeah
0: that that gives had me issues but, <laughs> you know so Okay, so you so you're into jeeps and stuff for ten years, but w- <laughs> how do you become the kind of person that says, "Well, yeah, I can I can build a truck that'll go 100 miles an hour through the desert."
2: Well, I've uh, always enjoyed fabricating and just kind of building stuff, and most of everything I've ever had, I had a pretty good hand in making it work the way it does, and ended up laying underneath Robbie Gordon's trophy truck at SEMA with Shannon Campbell's dad and pretty enamored by it. At that point, rock, the competitive rock crawling had taken a turn for the worse. It's just, they tried to turn it into trials instead of, uh, timed hill climbs. Yeah. And, uh, so I had lost a little bit of a taste for that and saw that truck and it was something I, have dreamed of since I was a kid and saw what those guys were doing on t v and figured now was the time I probably couldn't have gone right out and bought one, but I knew I could build one and didn't expect it to take ten years but here we are
0: <laughs> at at what point in ten years do you does the point come that like well i'm I'm in it this far now I have to finish it,
2: you know. I don't think it really got to that point till we started racing. During the construction of it, it probably could have quit. There's, I would say there's 300 trophy trucks in existence, and I'll bet there's 3,000 of them that are in one state of construction or another and have traded hands five or six times. Yeah. Once we got started racing and I started acquiring multiple chase trucks and multiple trailers and the pre-runner and all the equipment that goes with all of them, then it was too late to, to to turn back.
0: You you got too big to fail.
2: Too big to quit for too sure. To, yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> <kind of laughs> but then, you know, as, yeah. as that last crash has proven, that's uh, probably probably closer than closer to the end than the beginning for sure. Now,
0: so let's see. Where do I want to go from here? do i mean do you see yourself i mean yeah like a few more years racing and then like running a team or when, when you're done are you going to be done
2: you know uh i think it might come to running a team sooner than later just uh haven't recovered from that that last crash as much as i had hoped so um this next race i might just be running the team and if if i can get a team to do well and start getting some sponsors to help us then i would do it a little longer but even that's going to take some mental capacity that i don't know if i'm going to be able to generate here in the next few years
0: yeah so um you probably understand how i jump around from thing to thing from thing to thing <laughs> like every in most- just like
2: i do in the shop <laughs>
0: yeah oh okay so i'm going to jump to something else have you always been that organized
2: yeah okay. yeah that's just kind of the way my brain functioned is organization is critical you know to keep as much once you get so many irons in the fire or balls in the air you need some organization to maintain it. I think.
0: Yeah, it, it, it it's um, you know obviously, a few, you know when you when you go to Mike's shop, like everything has a spot, which makes it nice because eventually, even a dummy like me learns where things are, <laughs> <laughs> and then I become a little bit useful because I I know I know which bin the tools are in or which box they're in, so.
1: Uh,
2: right on randy it's it's good to have help i mean i couldn't do any of what i'm doing now without help it's there was a time when i could take a single jeep and go to the ice races by myself and change tires and race and bring it home but this adventure that we're in the middle of now is a monumental achievement i mean it's 50 guys to go run this point to point thousand when it happens
0: yeah exactly i think that's uh what the, the non, well, that's what I, I didn't know that first time. It's, you know, and I, I sort of had an idea, but it's like, it's, it's an incredible logistics feat.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, what you need is like, you need somebody like an ex NASA manager or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if only yeah. We like somebody. the rocket <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so let's, let's talk about the crash that's okay we'll work our way backwards so you know basically the team was having the truck was having one of its best days ever right
2: yeah yeah without a doubt
0: and then uh what mikey and fish had a little problem and you got that yeah lost
2: an a-arm so we drove out in the middle of nowhere and fixed the a-arm and then for some reason it was decided that ryan and i should get in the truck and run the last bit of Mikey and Fish's section which you know I don't I don't think that's a cause or a part of what happened but it just didn't help it was kind of a perfect storm you yeah. know
0: so did the, did the truck break or did
2: yeah it looks like we lost a upper control link in the rear axle and so that started going side to side and yeah. not much control. And we were doing about 80 and some rolling whoops. They weren't huge, but, you know, a couple feet deep and spaced out pretty far. So I don't know. It just, I don't have a real good recollection of what happened, but started dancing and started yeah. barrel rolling.
0: Yeah. And my, my only regret is that the cameras didn't get turned on again.
2: I know. <laughs>
0: you know, but
2: I, yeah, me too, because that would have been something for me to yeah. remember it by, because I don't remember yeah, it you don't remember naturally.
0: Yeah. The the good news is I've figured out a system so that the cameras get turned on. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're ahead there. Um, yeah, I was just, I don't know, messing around, and I realized that you can take a GoPro remote, and you can turn on, like, up to 50 cameras at the same time. So now, With your phone? No, they just have a little remote button, which you can take, oh okay take and stick it on the dash, and big letters say turn on. Like,
2: just next to the ignition switch. Yep,
0: and then we're yeah, and then we're good. So we got that. Mightn't be
2: able to tie it into the ignition switch. So once you turn the truck on, the cameras are on.
0: That's probably true too. If only we knew somebody that knew some electrical engineering <laughs> <laughs> so apparently where there's a will
2: there's a way yeah.
0: apparently there's a a bunch of guys that know a lot of stuff unfortunately they all have real lives
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: so what's what's been your what was your favorite like time that you got to run in, in, in down in Baja I mean, is there a section that you remember, you know, either running or co-driving that, you know, really stands out that, that like, oh, yeah, this is what it's all about?
2: You know, we never got to race it, but in pre-running down to La Paz, there was a section down by Catavina, And actually, I take that back. We did race it, and we actually finished that race. It was a 1,000 that looped way down by Catavina. There's a stretch down there that is long and straight and decent road, just lined by enormous cactuses. You come out of that and you get into a cool mountain area. I guess the reason I don't really remember racing it is because we got into some difficult stuff afterwards. Guy got killed down there stuck in the silt got out of his truck got smashed when they got hit um but yeah that's there's some really neat stuff down in the middle of the peninsula
0: yeah. so um it, how long did it take how many trips down there before you start knowing where everything is because because when I i'm down there with, with all you guys you're like you know every little town it seems like you know every little goat trail in the whole peninsula
2: well, Childress does, <laughs> yeah. and he's been racing down there his whole life. When he was racing for Honda, they would require that he have 10,000 miles of pre-running before every race. Yeah. He, he just – it's amazing what he can pull out of his memory bank in the middle of an area that that is – it's dark and everything looks the same, and he can call out a, a turn that – it's just – incredible so i mean it's twofold obviously he's got a great memory and he's been through it a million times
0: yeah yeah i i'm sure yeah he's uh <laughs> i i can't remember where we were at or sometime but he's just like you know it does this that that and then goes here and around there and it's like how do you how can you remember all that because it is like yeah. a desert so
2: yeah yeah and it's it's an incredibly large area from San Diego to Cabo San Lucas. I mean, it's it's not like you're running around a a state or a, a mountain range.
0: No. I mean, maybe Montana from one end to the other, like you're running from one side to the other on no roads.
1: Uh, probably long,
0: longer.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say probably running from – Top of California to the bottom of California. Yeah. Or top of Texas to the bottom of Texas. That's a
0: that's a, that's a long, long stretch. And uh Yeah even even the roads aren't uh aren't roads.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean the highways down there there are alleys here in Colorado that are in better shape than the, the highway down there.
0: Yeah. So there might be a few people I'm I've become the um semi official Go between between the Baja racers and the people that do Baja and bicycles because Sweet. a lot of them go in November. You know, yeah, I was down there. So I'm so as soon as I get the uh, you know see the map, I'm on there. Like, okay, here's where you don't want to be. Here's when they're going to pre-run, and um, yeah, it seems they seem to appreciate. The, a little
2: inside scoop. Scoop of it, yeah. Like so. I can see that those guys are they're putting their lives in in jeopardy running those roads down there because without even the races going on, yeah. it's it's dangerous.
0: Yeah, I I'm I'm not sure that the the racing adds even a percentage to the danger. Right. So what's what's the most biz, bizarre thing you've ever seen down there? Mm. Not necessarily during the race, but like maybe pre pre-running or something.
2: The craziest thing I've ever seen is we're running highway three between Cia uh, Cortez and the Pacific Ocean. There's uh, incredibly hairy stretches of that, but we're in a like a valley between the two mountain ranges, so the road's fairly straight and hilly. We come over the crest of a hill, no signs or anything to prepare us for what we're getting ready to see. And there are two guys in the middle of the highway. And I say highway, it's a two lane road, no shoulders. They're striping it with a stick, a paintbrush on the end of a stick and a, and a gallon paint can. They're striping the center of the road. No, no, like I said, no signs, no, no people saying, caution painters ahead nobody at all but those two guys
0: (laughs) (laughs) and yet they probably didn't get killed that day
2: right yeah yeah that's i'm sure they're pretty good at what they do those mexican people they've they've got good common sense they don't have a government dumbing them down and saying oh don't worry about anything we'll take care of you down there if you don't take care of yourself you're, you're toast.
0: Yeah. So, when what was the first year you went down to race, and and what didn't you know that you know now about that?
2: The first race we went to was this San Felipe two hundred and fifty. Uh, gotta say it was at least eight years ago, so probably two thousand twelve. Um we call it the San Felipe eight. We went eight miles before we lost the engine. At that point, I was running an engine from a guy here in Colorado that was a drag race engine builder. And he, he did some stuff that yeah. didn't work in the desert. And, um. So pretty much I learned that not anybody can do what, these trucks need mm-hmm. and I've learned that immensely here being in Colorado I'm so far from the hub of it that I need to have the ability to do everything myself
0: yeah so, so i mean did you did you ever build your own engines or did you always yeah yeah
2: them? i used to i used to build my own engines but yeah. at this point i've got a good engine builder that's one of the things mm-hmm. that kind of transcends the sport for the most part. Yeah. But the, your engine builder still needs to have a good head on his shoulders and not do something really stupid like my drag race yeah. engine yeah. guy did. <laughs> is it? Is yeah, it in, yeah. in my truck, the engine's in backwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And basically he was just building for a motor to be going in the right way, and he knew it was in backwards, but he plugged up all the drain back holes. So as soon as you got on the throttle, there was no way for the oil to drain back into the oil
0: pan. And that's,
2: that was
1: the,
0: I mean, that sounds so simple, but obviously not.
2: No. And it took me a while to figure it out. It took me two engines to figure it out. So that was even worse.
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm sort of (laughs) laughing because it's like, there's, there's, there's so much to know. I mean, you got to know, I mean, you know, you got to know motors, so, you know, all of the mechanical stuff, but you got to know all the psychological stuff. You got to know how to drive. You got to know how to deal with people. You got to know logistics. It's just like, it It seems like it never ends.
2: It doesn't. And that's <laughs> one of the things that I didn't realize I was getting myself into the middle of was the, the people aspect. And, and I... I my company has 50 people, so I, I deal with trying to keep a lot of people happy and working next to each other. But in my business, I don't have 50 guys working next to each other at the same time. They're all spread around town. Yeah. Down there in Baja, we get 50 guys, and they're all in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And boy, do you ever see some personality clashes. Yeah.
0: So do you, do you feel that um, you've kind of got the, the, the core together now? That works
2: Yeah Oh yeah Without a doubt And we've always had A really good core yeah. Every once in a while You bring somebody in And they don't work out So You
0: just Yeah
2: Move on You don't dwell on it Or Keep bringing them back It's It's tough Because It's an all volunteer army And If you got somebody That's willing to come But Or just stirring the pot Then You can't have them
0: No No You just don't need that How? Are, yeah yeah. How did you find um, Jose and the ranch?
2: Uh, There's a website that uh, a lot of the race, the desert racers frequent. It's called racedesert.com. And uh, there's a section in there of classifieds. And I saw him advertising the ranch as a place to stay out of town. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny because he wasn't just going to give it to anybody. So, Once we inquired about it, the person that used to stay there is uh, Rick Johnson. And he called Rick said, do you know who these guys are? And just so happens that Rick and I are good friends. And so he gave us a good recommendation. And in time, we've become good friends with Jose down there. And he's like a part of our team when we go down there. He's helped us chase parts down and fix stuff and maintain some peace at the ranch. And he just, Every year we go back he's made another improvement he's a very very special person
0: yeah it's a it's a cool little place I'll actually put put the link in the show notes so if anybody wants to go to Ensenada they got a place really cool place to stay so, yeah I mean the trade-offs you know you you are not exactly you know you it it, it is out and quiet but if you know you you end up spending a lot of time running around. I mean, obviously to you that that's worth it, right?
2: Oh, without a doubt to get out of the hectic scenario that, that town creates. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but things aren't real secure down there, but we get up to Jose's ranch and you pretty much guaranteed that nobody's going to mess with your stuff.
0: Yeah. And, so, so it, it just by happenstance they announced that the 500 was going to be August 4th through the 9th. Today, is yep. that is that going to be? I mean, that's August in Baja, Mexico. Is that going to be a little little harder? Do you think on vehicles and people or?
2: Well, the the cool thing about Baja is the Pacific Ocean side is a San Diego esque climate, okay. so it's beautiful year round but once you get up and over the range into the valley between the two mountain ranges and over towards sea cortez it'll be 130 so yeah could be could be brutal uh it's tough to make a course just along the coast so there'll be some some heat involved yeah yeah there was that one year some motorcycle guys died because of the heat and Couple of the big name superstars of the sport just kind of hung it up. It was too hot for them.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, um, yeah, especially on a motorcycle, idiots. Oh,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, brutal, <laughs> brutal.
0: Yeah, you, that's. The, I guess that's the one thing. You know, you got the cage. You know, every time you think I'm doing something stupid, you see, you see those guys out there with some leather protecting them, and it's like, really?
2: Yeah. Yeah, amen. Well, they say with age comes a cage, and you know, yeah. just explained it right there. That
0: explains a lot of it. Yeah. So, what's the kind of the biggest um, like misconception that that you see with people about, especially the people of of Mexico? Uh, I would obviously I'm just.
2: Speculating, because I don't know what the misconceptions would be, I'm assuming. Uh, Mainland Mexico has got the cartel. It's dangerous. I'm not a fan of it. The Baja Peninsula is kind of insulated from most of that. Mm -hmm. There's still some shady characters running around down there. The cops can be bought off by whomever it may be and crooked. Yeah. Um, but for the most part those people down there are just salt of the earth they they love having you they love what you're doing one of the first few times I was down there I was just real hesitant about pre-running and racing through people's front yards but they they want you to do if they had it their way you'd be doing a wheelie <laughs> through their front yard it's just yeah the, the kids the kids are so special too I mean there's so they're they don't have a lot of luxury.
0: No, the the obviously just a sticker. Yeah. to Make their day. The, the the joy that a sticker brings, man, it it it, I don't know, makes makes us it makes me feel good. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, it's, and it's especially like uh, you know you, you throw out a bunch of stickers and then and you always always. See the one little kid that didn't get anything. Yeah, <laughs> and anyway, we can run over there and give him one. Make sure he gets one. It's like, okay, I, I, I feel good today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, right on, Randy. It's uh, definitely an impoverished country, and you see a lot of, yeah. a lot of sad sights. But you can bring a little bit of yeah. joy to people's lives. It's yeah. very satisfying.
0: Well, but they don't see. I mean, they they don't. They're not sad, you know. No, and, they
2: don't. They don't know. Yeah, they yeah. don't know any different, right?
0: Yeah, you know. And sometimes it's like, well, you know, we couldn't do that because we couldn't do that. But yeah, you know, it is kind of like uh, if it's all you've known all your life, right? Yeah. So who's the yeah, dummies? Kind of a, us or them, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> kind of a neat thing that I've noticed here with this pandemic that's happening is uh the mexican people seem to have a better immune system than than we do up here just they're rolling around in it and uh, eating in it yeah yeah i I, think it it makes a big difference
0: well you know we all grew up grew up eating dirt and it didn't kill us and so maybe that's our our superpower some of us older yeah older gents
2: yeah <laughs> lots to be said for that
0: i believe i believe that so um so are you question of the of the day you gonna get the truck ready for the thousand
2: yeah that's the plan uh 500 kept getting pushed off yeah. so i was thinking might be able to get ready for that but then we had a problem with uh the steal it we were trying to yeah. yeah do so that that's i don't think we'll have it ready for the 500 but i'll probably go down there and support rick and yeah. help him
0: yeah. well just fyi i haven't been out of town for since february so <laughs> okay. I, I think i've had uh, like seven major things to shoot canceled so I'm ready for something. Okay, well, uh, let's plan it. All right, we'll, we'll go. I can't, I can't wait for Mexico in August.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make sure you get stationed on the Pacific side. Yeah,
0: yeah. I got to go where the vehicle yeah. is. I got to go where the race truck uh, is.
2: <laughs> well, the, the truck will be there. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so okay, so, the, you know, the truck's sitting there. It's a frame. How long is it? actually take to put together to be race ready?
2: Well, obviously it depends on how many people are working on it, but with just Alfredo and I working on it, uh, two months. If we had a good two solid months, we could have it ready to race. Yeah.
0: Well, it's not so bad. I mean, yeah. And, and Okay. I don't know if we've talked about this, but explain this to me. Why? and I always thought this was stupid on TV. Why do we always end up at four o'clock in the morning, putting something together to get ready to go?
2: That's uh, definitely a million dollar question. People ask you how much time it's going to take to get the truck ready. You just always tell them all of it. Yep. And, And at the end, you're going to have a list of priorities and some of the things that just aren't going to get done. It's, I don't know. At least that's the way it is for us smaller teams. I'm sure the, the high dollar teams, they might not have to live by the mantra.
0: I I have no knowledge of it, but I'll bet you they're doing the same thing.
2: Some of them are, I would say the, the truly professional organized teams that's unacceptable okay. if it was if it was me and I had an unlimited budget and I had unlimited manpower that's it'd be just like the the jobs the construction jobs that I do for a living you know I yeah. that's unacceptable you just so yeah okay. I, would, I would venture to say there are teams that that
0: doesn't happen with okay. but then of course those high dollar teams are down there for two months and they're breaking stuff every day yeah so, so there's that trade well right? yeah
2: but Yeah, they usually have a backup. Yeah, Yeah. They go down there, they're pre-running. If they wreck their their pre-runner, they got another pre-runner. If they're down there testing their race truck and they wreck it, they got another race truck. So there's obviously going to be some scrambling when things like that happen.
0: Yeah. So what's – how do I want to put this? What's the one thing, either pre-running or running, that you break and – you just laugh because it's like really this that you know the, like the most ridiculous thing.
2: Oh,
0: or do you never laugh? The,
2: <laughs> well, you some yeah. Sometimes you just have to yeah. you laugh or shoot yourself in the head, yeah. right? <laughs> One time we had a uh, what was it inside a distributor? I don't even remember. It was just uh, we chased the problem for a couple hours after not sleeping for three days and so, just finally threw in the towel because the checkpoint started closing. And when we got back, there was a uh, uh, – I mean, our distributors are all electronic, and there was just something inside of it that –
0: Yeah.
2: Well, I think I when – I think you, it was the, yeah. the rotor wasn't getting
0: uh, – I'd be speculating. I
2: yeah. can't pull it out of my memory bank.
0: I, I think when you say something in the distributor, that kind of – and and you'll – but I mean well, – well, It wasn't even a normal thing yeah. in the
2: distributor. It wasn't a part that failed. It was a connection that just stopped
0: working. Uh, yeah, it just stopped working. What's What's the longest period of time you've had work on something – and, and to keep going
2: uh eight hours it
0: took us eight hours to change tranny that one time yeah and, and people should know that yeah and like, then we
2: got into the yeah.
0: <laughs> eight hours in the middle of the day then we right? got into
2: the <laughs> yeah then we got into the truck after again not sleeping for two days and uh childress brought the truck there with the tranny broke we i laid under there we replaced the transmission and then I get in the truck, Ryan and I get in the truck, and then we get into the probably one of the most remote sections of that race course, that particular race course, and we lost the rear gear and ended up trying to sleep out there in one of the coldest nights of my life.
0: <laughs> and you can't wait to go back next time.
2: Uh, at first you can.
0: Oh, yeah, yes.
2: <laughs> time heals all wounds, and eventually it's, yeah. All right, oh, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. get ready.
0: Yeah. But it's
2: tougher and tougher.
0: Yeah. At least you've never had your, well, you are the driver, but you've never taken off in a helicopter and told everybody, well, I'll see you later. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good luck getting my junk out of the middle of the desert. And yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we pitch in and help those guys, and very seldom do you even get a thank you. Yeah. Are,
0: but the whole, the best thing about all that and, is every time i see a helicopter i get to make a video to to send to Ryan. <laughs> yeah and he yep. he's, he seems to appreciate it
2: <laughs> he does he, he, just uh the love that yeah is shared so
0: but um so let's let's go way back for just a little bit but so i mean did you like Buy a jeep and just start going through the mountains. Is that how you started, or what got oh, you actually started? Actually, a
2: truck. I started in a old GMC pickup, and it was a real piece of crap. And I couldn't afford to pay anybody to work on it, so I learned how to work on it and started being able to spend time in the mountains and really enjoyed it. Uh, eventually, bought a jeep and restored it. Uh, went wheeling every chance we could get. And I started, uh, taking that same Jeep to the ice races. They had a pretty much a class for stock Jeeps where you could go race bare rubber tires and a real mild set of studs. That was fun. Uh, then the competitive rock crawling stuff started. So I started going to Moab and beefing up Jeeps and trying crazy ideas on them and, That's where I ran into the Campbells and ended up at SEMA with Don laying underneath Robbie's truck. Just enamored with the quality of fabrication, the detail, really.
0: Well, uh, until you you got yelled at, right?
2: Yeah, I've gotten drug out from underneath a couple of trucks saying, yeah, you can't be under there.
0: So, so, I mean, do you, you kind of drag your feet so you get a few few more minutes of looking at it when they do that?
2: Yeah, of course. You snap your micrometer on a few more things to complete your list and um, humbly walk away.
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know.
2: <laughs> so, okay. Well, one time, yeah. funniest thing I had happen in that scenario was I was underneath a truck that Robbie Gordon had built. Mm-hmm. And uh Rob, Marty Coyne I think is whose truck it was at that point. And uh those guys started to hollering at me and wanting me to get out from underneath their truck. I said, It's not your truck, it's Robbie's truck. So anyhow. <laughs> kind of play on words.
0: Yeah. 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 I belong here, I know him. So so <laughs> this is something I've always thought about. When when you start building your truck Literally, what's the first thing that you do? I mean, so you've got it designed and, you you know, you, you, you've done all that. But when you're really, you're standing in the shop, what's the first thing you do to build a trophy truck?
2: Well, I started with a cardboard template of the, the main skeleton. And it's just like a... a platform that goes from the rear suspension pivots up to the front suspension pivots Mm -hmm. and built it out of cardboard and laid a mock-up engine transmission v-drive in there and started seeing how i could configure it to make it a little different or better what i thought would be better than what i had seen the first pieces i made were uh those plates, that plate work. It's all like a boxed 4130 substructure.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Is that really the backbone or is that more like the rib cage?
2: Um, it's, it's the spine. I would say the backbone.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The rib cage, I guess would be the structure that goes around the motor and transmission. And eventually you Yeah. So,
0: and you know why did you, you know why basically I don't know is it mid engine or rear engine and, and and why did you pick that configuration? Uh, it's as motorsports
2: history has gone over the years, that's always proven to be the best balance on road cars. Yeah, um, I didn't know how it would play in the desert, other than. Robbie was really doing really good with that configuration and uh Nelson and Nelson had built one before that. And they were, they were real good at it, but those teams had an edge on everybody, regardless of what they were running. As it's turned out, the here we are 20 years later, that's kind of the configuration the trucks are all going to now is a mid engine and four wheel drive. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, in, in my mind, it was better for the desert too because it put, you got a two-wheel drive truck, you need to get your weight over the drive
0: wheels. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And,
2: and having that weight in the back enables you to go through a, a surprise ravine with the front being a little lighter rather than planting into the ravine, you know, you get on the gas, you lift it a little bit and it gives you a lot better chance of skipping through it rather than end over. Yeah. Lawn,
0: lawn darting it into the other side.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, stupid question of of many. (laughs) What's, what's the farthest you ever flew the truck? Um,
2: I don't know a couple hundred feet yeah. probably.
0: Did it? Did, yeah. Does it seem like a long ways, or does it just seem no? Just whatever? the only
2: reason, The only way you can even tell you're off the ground is it gets quiet. Yeah. And those things they land so smooth okay. that the exact transition of air to ground is a little blurry. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know, once you start getting into some compression, that you've hit the ground, but. It's, it's hard to describe. It's yeah. an amazing feeling for sure.
0: Well, in in my limited experience, I think really the only time that I ever was in the air much was with Spence last year. In And it was a kind of a surprise to him. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. well, is this not going to be good? And then I look over and he's just like, might have had like an adult beverage in one hand and just like, ever (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh, 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 yeah so you guys
0: I mean things that I I, okay well here's the interesting thing about like you and Rick and Spence and I guess that's really all that I've ridden with and I don't know how you do it but you you guys just have this confidence that 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 I've I might. I've looked at stuff, especially like last year when I was riding with Rick quite a bit, and I'm just like, "Oh, I, I I wouldn't go up there, but I guess we are." So okay. Do you do you have that confidence when you're driving, or do you just fake?
2: Yeah, it? I think you need to. If if you, and that's one of the things I've always said is I'll quit when I lose the confidence that I think you need to to handle the unexpected. Yeah. Right. That's what's always going to get you as long as you know, what's there and you can see it and everything's going right. Then it doesn't take a lot of confidence, but once, once uh somebody calls a turn wrong or the locals have made a booby trap mm-hmm. or the road has gotten washed out, then you need to have enough confidence to go beyond the typical protocol. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I think,
0: I think you have to have it I, and um, this, this is a very big compliment to you. So just, just to let you know, and I don't even remember where it is, but we came blasting down the road and it, it into some rest area, someplace and all of a sudden the road was a lot, <laughs> turned a lot sharper than it. I think you were expecting and you just did it, you know, in in you know pulling the trailer and it's like i'm like oh yeah this guy knows what he's doing <laughs> you just well, you just you him. just you just dealt with it which i think is just maybe that's the secret right
2: well and the I, to your original question of of having confidence i mean you you drive when you're racing you're driving close to the edge so you can't be at the edge of your confidence either yeah so you have to have that little extra built in for the unexpected and yeah as the years go by you start just being confident in the expected and that's time to hang it up i think
0: yeah well maybe like you get overconfident
2: that's for sure is a huge problem yeah. with everybody in every aspect of life right
0: yeah well, yeah <laughs> so
2: so yeah fine line yeah definitely a fine line so
0: um, I don't know I have I have a million questions about things that I can't ask you about although I'm going to say someday you should write a book about the, <laughs> about the early days
2: you know they were pretty crazy <laughs> I can I can share that with you they were uh, yeah. some of them I'm not very proud of you know I was an asshole but uh it it all made me what i am today so i can't look back on it with any kind of regret just experience and
0: and and uh move on yeah i mean really yeah you can't because it makes you who you are fortunately you came out on the good side
2: yeah yeah with i'm sure some help from above
0: because yeah Um so how's, it's been very fortunate. Yeah. How's Susan? She's good, thank you. Uh I suspect this whole she, It's been a little tough on her, right?
2: Just,
0: you know, it's not really
2: because it's the this whole thing that everybody's doing right now was business as usual for her. Well, the day yeah. she got her transplant and had no immune system, she had to run around with gloves and yeah. and masks and be careful what she touched and who she talked to and who she hung around with. I mean it's so. This is. She had a good, uh, a good warm up for this <laughs> whole thing that we're all in the middle of.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, that's kind of the way I am. Like nothing's changed because I go to work by myself. I come home in the middle of the woods, and it's the two of us. And you know, Paul, you know, we realized we actually had a friend over the other day, and was like, "Come on over, Jerry. You know, we're going to do some stuff, but you can't come in the house because there's not been anybody in this house since it all started." Yeah. Which it's like, that's normal. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: And I'm sure he was fine with it. He was yeah. like, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally.
0: Everybody gets it. I mean, at one point, yeah. was going to go work in a, in a COVID unit in Chicago because it's like super money. And it's like, well, why not go, you know, go right there where you know you're going to be safe because you got to follow all the, you know, you're really going to be following it, and everybody around you. So that's probably as safe as anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. So. But well, I hope everything's getting a little more normal for you. I don't know if your life is you, ever Randy. normal.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. it's been tough. You know, I I did that uh, first three weeks of treatment, and at first it seemed pretty rough, and I wasn't too excited about it. But then as as a couple more weeks went by, it seemed like it did help. Yeah. And then we went back to finish this last couple of weeks, and uh, it's almost in the same scenario right now, and I'm uh, hoping that it gets better again. So
0: Yeah. Then, then I guess maybe if people haven't gathered, you got, you got the shit knocked out of you when you crashed. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one, and it's it was – my fourth major concussion so it's they all start adding up and yeah i mean yeah i mean
0: is that a consideration now for driving or are are you like
2: yeah without a doubt
0: yeah but yeah so maybe you'll take the high the 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 slow speed sections go through the mountains
2: yeah and maybe just pre-run and i don't know yeah go back to doing some jeeping and yeah. It's uh, definitely, I'm at a crossroads. So we'll keep working on the truck and keep on the same, so, keep going the same direction. And I'll let the universe help make some decisions along the way here. Yeah.
0: So here's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to keep you all night, but I got one or two more questions. Of course, Randy. No, I mean, mechanically wise, what you build in your truck, okay, maybe not compared to the four wheel drive trucks now, but, It's, I mean, it's a top 10 truck, right?
2: Yeah, I would say it is. It just, it's a little underpowered and a little heavy.
0: Yeah. But. Aren't we all? (laughs)
2: Yeah. As the years go by, very astute observation. (laughs) No, I mean, if we could just, even over the last eight years, if we had just had everything go our way. Yeah we could have been a top 10 for sure. And and without having to rely on bad luck going with anybody else. Yeah. But we just always seem to have our learning curves at the wrong time and they're steep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Well, we, yeah, that's it. we just, we just need a good luck race.
2: Yeah. We need the stars to align and, and if it's a top 10, that's, that'd be incredible. You know, I think, ecstatic. Yeah. So.
0: But I'm guessing if uh, all you really want is a, is a really good race. And yeah, even you if, yeah, you can't pick that. Yeah.
2: Even if it was made, to, uh, even that was the top 20 and it was a really good race. And we probably have had that. So, yeah. Very lucky to just be doing what we do. you know. Yeah. I, I realize that and I know that we're We're not chasing for the win, but a lot of guys say, well, if you're not expecting to go win, why would you even go race? But this whole desert thing is a little different. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little different than going to a road course, you know, and trying to put your best product and your best shoe out and win. It's just, there's just too many, too many, very emotional yeah unknown
0: which is what really i mean i I've, I've told people that desert racing is more like adventure racing than it's than un, unlike <laughs> so and that's perfect it
2: perfect analogy yeah Yep. I, I like that
0: yeah i mean you we can go to adventure race in the united states and there'll be two teams probably that are going to fight for the win and the rest are out there to have a good time and and yeah that's yeah nothing wrong with
2: that I don't think so
0: so um, yeah. okay I don't have any more
2: <laughs> okay Randy
0: I really appreciate well, it so.
2: appreciate, I appreciate you I appreciate your help I appreciate the excitement you bring and yeah. one of these days I look forward to meeting Paulette and let's go have a, so, have a margarita
0: she would she would be up for that so <laughs> that, will, that will be, like yep, that will be cool, so,
2: yeah,
0: all right, um, well, this, this kicks off, so I'm hoping to do about six or eight weeks of, uh, interesting people, off-road people, With any luck, get the Campbells, Mikey, yeah, yeah, and then, there you go, and then, uh, a little bit of adventure racing will start up again, and then I'll get back to those people, Except, I think maybe awesome. I'll get a huge audience from you guys, and I'll keep going.
2: <laughs> well, so. Right on, Randy.
0: All right, I really appreciate it, Mike. Likewise. Okay, we'll be talking. Okay, buddy. All right, thanks.
1: See ya.
2: Okay, you too.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.
2: Bye.
1: The sun goes down, and at midnight the ordeal begins. The road is one peril they thought. But there's a road that they forgot. It's been there since the beginning of time. To ride this road, it will take some time. It started at a border town. And you're on your way down. To a place where you've never been. On a path where only the devil's been. your face broken bones every place dust and hunger in your way and this is all you can really say man didn't build it man didn't care nobody thought you would ever reach there choking on the dust and sand Live mm-hmm. Turnin'